Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner Podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day, and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Abe Firth and Justin Soderberg. This duo has taken Orono Brewing Company from its humble beginnings to becoming one of the premier breweries in Maine. In today's episode, Abe and Justin give us the full picture on how Orono's four co-founders went from a local pub to a pub and two tasting rooms. Stay for the full episode to learn more about Justin's unique creative background, their distribution process, and an annual car smash that happens at the brewery. Yes, really. Buckle up for one hell of a podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Encore Corner Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Justin and Abe from Orono Brewing Company. Let's start by having both of you introduce yourselves and give us some info on your backgrounds. I'm Justin Soderberg. I'm a general manager at Orono Brewing Company. Uh, I've been with the company now since February of 17, uh, back when we were little tiny breweries, uh, but now we're obviously much larger. My name is Abe Firth, um, co-founder and I, I deal with distribution and marketing and started the brewery back in 2015 and um, have started with self-distribution for a couple years and now am spending most of my time um, working with our, our distribution partners and making sure that we're making the beer that makes sense and sending it out and making sure people are able to keep up you know, that we're able to keep up with uh, the spots that are selling it. Great. As one of the co-founders, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Orono Brewing and kind of how it came to be? Sure. So there's uh, four of us that started it, and we all have very different um, skill sets. So um, we started off in the restaurant business, um, started a restaurant. We, went to, we all met at University of Maine here in Orono. Um, and started a restaurant shortly after graduating when we were 23 and at that restaurant called Woodman's we sold a lot of beer and we uh, developed a real love for for beer through that beer program and we started Orno Brewing Company back in 2015 really with the thought of creating a great local choice they would really get funneled to our restaurant. But we brought Asa on board, who's our partner that runs the brewery and his talent and his excitement for what he was doing really quickly extended it beyond Orno and into a a larger um, market, even though we were in a little four barrel brew system. um, We'd load the van up and bring kegs down to Portland and bring cans to the beer cellar from our tiny little canning line where it would take us all day to do 40 cases. Um, So basically just stuck with that and worked, everybody worked super hard to, to, you know, make as much beer out of this little tiny system and to make it, make it last, you know, make, make it count. You know, I think the first time we went to New York city, we brought samples down from that little four barrel system, you know, as far as like bringing beer down to uh, one of the greatest cities on earth. So 
really started started super small and then uh, found this great building where we are now, which is an old concrete manufacturing plant in Orno. And we purchased that and thought we'd take years to grow into it, but um, we're maxed out in that spot and um, added a great, great team around us. Um, and with the, with the four founders and Justin as the general manager, who's running operations from it within the um, tasting room and within branding and design and all that. And then, and then all the other folks that are helping us run stuff day to day. We just have a great team that uh, works really well together and we're having a blast right now. Hey, so one thing I noticed you mentioned that you all met at University of Maine up there and you guys are in Orono. Being so close to the school, do you have a lot of ties there and, you know, with the kind of local college community? Totally. It's one of the most important things to us. It keeps us young. You know, I think that it's so easy to become irrelevant so quickly when you start kind of uh, getting comfortable and being around people that are 21, 22 years old that have tons of ideas and uh, a lot of, a lot of, we, we always have a lot to learn from people that are younger than us. And we're in a, we're in a town where we can do that. We're also, and we're very lucky that when the people um, move to Orno and go to school, most of them get to know us and get to know our beer. And then unfortunately, most of them move away because we miss them, but fortunately they bring us with them. So we have people all over the world who are UMaine grads who are part of our family still. Cool. It's, and it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy that like when I went to, as I started in February of 17, in May of 17, we were in New York City for the first time. And a number of people would come up to us in a bar at one of our events and was like, I don't know who the heck you are, but I know where Orono is because I went to school there. And so like the name Orono just travels and it's pretty crazy that people still do that. And then they'll be like, why weren't you there when we were in school? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, one interesting question there that you uh, brought up, you mentioned the distribution, making sure the beer makes sense what you're putting out. I, that's not something we've talked to about before. Can you tell us a little bit about how that process, how you decide what you're going to release in your lineup? Absolutely. Um, we, we feel very strongly that there's so much to learn from other experts within the field. And <clears throat> there's a lot of, a lot of knowledge, a lot of expertise by listening to people that are buying our beer and by listening to the people that are distributing our beer. And um, one of the things that made our distributor really excited about working with us was Tubular. And, um, you know, they came up and visited that little four barrel system, which was about, I think the whole brewery was probably about 380 square feet. And they tried Tubular and got really excited about it. And, um, you know, at that point we were still working in this, um, you know, with the weekly or monthly schedule where a beer would come out and it might come back in a couple months, but we had new beers all the time and we didn't have one that people could always count on getting. And then we changed that and we made sure that tubular is available all the time. And then that we have some other beers that are available a lot of the times and then other beers that are available two or three times a year, or maybe we know that this is just a one and done. So to answer your question, a lot of it is managing, making sure that we don't ever uh, 
tell a store that sells a bunch of beer for us that they can't get a case of tubular because we ran out or or a bar that sells a bunch of kegs for us that sorry your your uh, beer list is going to be wrong this week because we can't get you a keg of tubular so that's a lot of it you know that's that's about 70 percent of what we're brewing um and then the rest of it is making sure that we're not um, ever disappointing the main consumer. When it comes to limited seasonal beers or anything that you have out right now, what uh, do you have out for limited runs that you're excited about right now? We just released the uh, wild berry fruit pie. Fruit pie is a pastry, Berliner Weiss. Um, are you guys catching this right now? Yep, I got you. Yeah, fruit pies, pastry, Berliner Weiss. Um, wild berry is... Uh, raspberry dominant with strawberry and blueberry as well and it's it's fantastic um we just recently released the every little thing double ipa which is cryo simcoe and what was the other hop in that justin you remember not off the top of my head uh yeah. cryo, Citra. And cryo something else that was i think i have a can in the room uh, Justin, do you know off the top of your head what the first beer that was brewed at Orno was? I believe it was Kolsch off the top of my head, right? What's that? What was the first beer we brewed, Kolsch? Yeah. Lightning Tree. Our first four, sorry, you guys cut out for a minute. Our first four yeah. beers were Kolsch, Lightning Tree, Excursion Stout, and, and uh, White Nitro Cream Ale. White Nitro Cream Ale, yeah. Which is, we, we still make Kolsch. And that's, I mean, we have white nitro on our four barrel system recently, but Kolsch is pretty much out of all those is the only one we still make um, on a regular or semi-regular basis. Well, Justin, you're really involved in the um, tasting rooms, the management side of everything. Do you see a lot of the same guests kind of coming to each one when it comes to like the brew pub and then the tasting room itself? Or do you see a lot of diversity in the three different locations? I mean, it depends on the day, but like we are, you know, downtown Bangor, our small little spot in downtown Bangor has a lot of business people. So after work, four or five o'clock, they come out, get a pint, go home. So you see a lot of the same people. There's a lot of college students come to the Orno, um, our, our, our flagship location. Uh, and then there'll be people who'll be like, I was at Woodman's last night, you know, because they, they came to Orno Brewing Company the, the next night. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of loyal, like, you know, followers that come around and keep us in business. Um, right now, it's pretty cool when we came back after being closed for a while. Um, the first two weeks, it's just people who are waiting to come back. They wanted to come back. They wanted to experience what our location in Orono has to bring. And uh, it makes it feel really good coming back after being closed for a couple of months that these many people want to actually come back and visit your location. It's pretty cool. Justin uh, deserves a lot of credit for having people come back and feel safe and feel um, respected and uh, you know, from being able to balance business and health um so what 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 justin put in place with um the beer garden and and also inside for when it's uh, adverse weather conditions has been really helpful just having all that space and people being able to um to gather but also feel safe definitely that's that's really great it's important obviously in these times especially to adjust and kind of make things different while also feeling so familiar. So that's awesome that you've been able to do that and kind of still welcome people into the space and make them feel that way. And I'm sure with all the beers that you've had, there's a bunch of different ones. And I see on your website, there are a whole bunch still. Uh, what, what are your favorites that you've had over time? You've both 
been with Orono for obviously since pretty much the start. So, and especially you as a co-founder, what would you say are some of your favorites over the time that you've had it? I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this, Justin. Well, I honestly think I keep on saying it, that gratitude is probably like, it's a pale ale, but it has the fruit in it. It's just really fun to drink. I think a long term, I've always liked tiger style. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be a true, you know, company man working for our, our, our company if I didn't like IPA. So like everything is that we make is amazing. But like anytime Asa comes up with a new IPA, um, he always makes it be, you know, he's always innovating with what he can do with it. Um, but when this gratitude came out, it was just like, it's refreshing. It's easy to drink. It might be up there now as one of my top favorite beers that we've made. So it, it might, it might just be the season right now. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's really just kind of a year round thing for me. I, uh, I've definitely been gravitating, you know, between the, uh, the fruitful kettle sour, the fruit pie series, um, you know, and then, and then our classic IPAs. Um, and I've also really enjoyed ATP. Um, I've been training on my bicycle and ATP is a locale IPA that we made for the summer for people that are out there kind of with, with fitness goals. And I had some lofty, um, goals that I won't be able to test because racing got canceled this year, but, um, it's been fun to have a three and a half percent, you know, pretty low, uh, locale, uh, IPA to drink too that we make locally. So that's been, that's been nice. Um, but tubular is one of those things where we make it every week. We've repped that thing out so often, you know, like we, they've made that beer so, so many times that it's just a comfort thing for me. I love the beer and I love the fact that it always tastes the same. And I like the, um, the memories of it, you know, like that's the beer that when I'm at Sugarloaf, people are drinking tubular. We you know when I'm, when I'm hanging out, um, and you know, at most of my favorite spots that we sell beer, I see a lot of tubulars being ordered and just a really, a really nice part of the community for me, as far as like combining quality beer with quality experiences. The tubulars become one of those things. That's like the band that plays this, that doesn't want to play the hits. It's like, to me, yeah, I could answer that tubular is one of my favorite beers that we make, but it's like, we make it every week. So it's like, it becomes that point where it's like, just known it's one of my favorites. So everything else, you have to pick something else. You can't pick tubular because it's, you know, it's one of the favorites. <laughs> it's fun, like little stuff. Like there's a guy that's racing a dirt bike. You know, he's a, <clears throat> he's an A racer, uh, which means like, you know, top level. And uh, he's racing on a tubular bike. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's good to have that consistent flagship that you can always go back to. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. And we actually, Justin just did this uh, rework on the way life should be label. And we're really excited about this. This started off as an LL Bean collab, which was a one, one-time thing, but we loved the beer and we loved the background on it. And then uh, Justin just reworked the label and we're, we're working all of our labels a little bit to kind of get them all centered so that when you're looking at the beer in a, in a cooler, you can see who made it, what the beer's name is, what kind of beer it is, and what the ABV is without having to move the can around. Um, having, having Justin's expertise in graphic design makes it so we can implement those kind of changes quickly. And um, those are the little fun tweaks we're doing now because the beers are, the beers are where we want them and, our, our, you know, our, our team is exactly where we want it. So it's fun to 
pay attention to those little tiny things. You know, it's kind of like that every little thing beer that we just made, that's the point of it. You know, it's like all those little details are super fun to pay attention to. And the more that you are able to, the better the overall experience is for all of us. Yeah, and I had a question actually for Justin because I work in the creative space myself and I just can't get over the designs on, on beer cans when I see them. I swear, like compared to any other industry, you have to be at the top of the creativity spectrum. <laughs> so I would love to hear from your perspective working in that space and kind of having that graphic design background. How do you decide where you're going to put on the cans? Are there certain things that you have to kind of adhere by just as a brand or are you really just all out creative with every can that you design? Well, the nice thing is I came in and we didn't have any cans yet. Basically, we had a couple like small like brands that we, we cased up what like uh, 40 cases, maybe even not even that much. It took us an entire day. So when I was able to come on, we were able to say, this is what the can's going to look like. The, the hop's going to be in the middle or sorry, the hop's going to be in the same spot on every can. The information is all going to be there and you work around it. But we all work as a team. I mean, when we go to design a can and talk about what can looks like, it's like, we all work in the same office, which is really cool. So, you know, Abe has a desk right here. And Heather, uh, his business partner, and Mark, they're all in the same spot. And Ace's debt office is right next door. So we're able to collaborate on like, okay, we want, this is what the theme we want to go with. This is the name we want to go with. And then it helps a lot for me to drive um, the design home. And a lot of times I just get so excited that I, I'm able to bang a can out and <laughs> sometimes a couple of hours. And Abe's like, what the heck? We just talked about this this morning. And I'm like, yeah. I just got really excited and I was able, I got something in my head and I wanted to get it down on, on the computer. Um, but it's really cool because I have, you know, 12 or now 15 years of mark, uh, being in graphic design field before I was a marketing person doing a lot of just advertising and um, able to still do my managing of the tasting rooms and the, in the, you know, Orner Brewing Company as a whole, but like able to bring that design aspect in it too, but it doesn't overwhelm and get tiring because we don't do a can every week, um, which is nice. So, yeah, I mean, then we get chances to do uh, like way life should be, like he was talking about. We were able to take a can that I designed a couple of years ago and be like, okay, let's rework it and make it new, uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a team effort, really. I mean, this sounds cliche because you always want like the basketball players or the sports the athletes that are like, oh, it's a team effort. It truly is. It's usually a thing where we all get together. Um, a fruit pie can is, you know kind of a take on the hostess fruit pie. That was kind of Abe's idea, but I was able to bring it to life. Um, but there's other cans where I'm just like, they say, this is the name and the style. What can you do? And then I come up with something and we usually work together as a team. So it's pretty cool. And, and oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, just, I think a big part of it is like um, all of us staying humble and being able to listen to um, ideas from the group. And that's something that Justin's great at from being a designer and that all the brew team is great at as well. Um, we're able to sit down and, you know, decide together what we're looking for and give each other good constructive feedback. And Justin listens really well. I'll tell you right now, I swear that his internet's cutting out on him because he was on the phone for two hours or an hour and a half today with Spectrum. I swear that's why this is not working correctly. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. So one question that I had is on the logo. Can you tell me outside, obviously, the main, the hot butt on it, what's the significance of the mountains on the top of the logo? 
Well, when when Abe founded uh, when they founded Woodman's, Woodman's logo has that mountains in it. So our legal name is actually Woodman's Brewing. Uh, our sorry, Woodman's Brewing Company LLC. And we do business. That was the original name they were going to use, and they changed it to Orno Brewing Company way back in the beginning to make sure that it's more, you know, unique. And so those hops go along with that aspect of it. That the the hop has the mountains from Woodman's at the top of it, which is pretty cool. And then it was um, early on you know, the brewery became such a focus for all of us and so much of what the brewery um, brings is people together doing fun stuff, you yeah. know, fun stuff outside, fun stuff that we love doing in Maine. Yeah. Um, Sugarloaf Mountain and some River Mountain and Loon Mountain in New Hampshire now are all just huge supporters of what we're doing. Um, and I feel like the adventure community really has gotten behind what we're doing and that we're also participating in those adventures. So what started off as something to combine two brands became its own brand, which is, um, you know, a love for the experiences and also a love for the beer we're making and combining those two things has always been super important to us. And I think that they actually built the brand, you know, the, appreciation for the beer, but also an appreciation for quality experiences. And that whether that's spending time with the, the bartenders and the, and the beer buyers that are part of the, the community and creating positive events or bringing a beer on a, you know, on a bicycle trip around the state or doing a motorcycle ride, whatever it is, <laughs> There's so much fun stuff to be done here and to embrace the awesomeness of Maine and of, you know, just doing, doing what we can with the time we have. So. Yeah. And I definitely, uh, especially with the design of tubular and everything, I can see this, you know, ski and snowboard and culture really latching on the whole colorway and everything definitely fits those vibes um, on sort of the athletics and training. I was really interested and I saw that you guys came out with that ATP. What was the inspiration to come out and try to make like a low calorie craft IPA? The, um, the idea was basically, you know, so many of us were focusing on our passions in March and April because our normal life was completely upended. And um, Asa and myself, when we were looking at starting the brewery and you know, it was just a concept, a lot of what we hashed out was uh, while we were on road rides together. You know, and, um, and, I've, you know, and, I've, and I've done um, serious training and I've taken years off uh, for mountain bike racing. And in March when everything else stopped, one of the things to help me still feel sane was really putting together a scientific training approach and deciding to get serious again about training on my bicycle. So uh, ATP is, um, you know, that, that's an annual training plan. Um, and um, if, you're, if you're riding your bike 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, or whatever you're doing, whether you're training for swimming marathon, um, whatever it is, you know, um, it's nice to have a beer that you can enjoy after a ride or a swim or a hike or whatever, that's three and a half percent. 
and and uh, locale. So that was something that, that just came naturally from stuff that we're excited about within the brewery. We have a mountain bike racing team. We're, we're still training, even though we're not racing. Um, we're looking at, you know, c- continuing to stay excited throughout the winter and hoping to hit the spring or whenever, when, whenever races come back, we're hoping to be totally ready and, you know, we'll have that beer come back again next spring. When Abe mentioned three and a half percent on the phone to me, because this is back when I was working at home because we were because of the COVID and stuff like that. I was sitting at home and he called me one day. We had a, like a 20 minute conversation about it. I was like three and a half percent. This is what we need in this world. I mean, when you work in the beer industry and it's double IPA heavy, like I need this beer that I can drink four or five of them in a day and not feel it and, and, and know that there's not heavy sitting. I mean, IPAs are, they sit in your stomach and they're heavy. And so having a three and a half percent alcohol, 150 calorie IPA was like, and now that's like, I mean, literally half my fridge of beer right now is ATP because it's, that's just, I could just drink one and know that I can drink it and not feel so crappy about drinking a bunch of, bunch of beer. <laughs> Opposite of the lighter side of things, I'm looking at your Instagram and saw this incredible looking spicy chicken sandwich. Is it true <laughs> that these dill pickles are actually made with your tubular IPA? Because I think I need a visit just to try them. <laughs> yes, our kitchen is, uh, you know, we have, I only have four guys working in the kitchen right now, which is pretty cool. Like we, we, when we came back from yeah, it was a weird transition because the way we were in a college town, like we talked about before, that when college ended, we lost obviously all of our college employees because they graduated or went home or whatever. We got a core group of guys back there, and Caleb, uh, one of our kitchen, our sous, our yeah sous chef basically, um, has been working on these pickles for a long time, and he uses uh, tubular at times, and sometimes he uses way life should be, and. It depends on the IPA that we really want to put in it, but they're they're slightly spicy, but they're delicious. And the chicken and the simplicity of the spicy mayo on it is just it's it's out of this world. Like that compared with our fries, it's so good, so good. <laughs> I think we have a trip. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think you need to come up because it's definitely 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 worth it. The kitchen's been a fun part of what we're doing in the tasting room. I feel like as you know as breweries have continued to expand throughout the country and throughout the world you have to keep on working hard to differentiate yourself and to be able to get people a full experience where they're able to get some great you know homemade food mm-hmm. great beer is, is is huge and what we we decided when we did it we wanted to keep it simple so it was kind of choose your own adventure so we're we're in a situation where people are going to the counter and ordering they get a buzzer when their food's ready, they go up and pick it up. So uh, it makes it very simple for the people that are hanging out there that just kind of are able to be in charge of whatever they want to do that night. Yeah, that's definitely something that not every brewery offers. And most of them rely on, you know, food trucks and stuff to kind of come service temporarily, but being able to actually go and enjoy the beer, have a flight and try some good food. I know all my favorite breweries all serve food. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah. We're all <laughs> that's a big key. Um, with the kitchen, is that only at one of your tap rooms or do you have that at all of them? Just the one. Right now it's only at our, we have one at Margin Street, which is our flagship location. Our sister restaurant, Woodman's has a full kitchen as well, but like the, out of the OBC locations, Margin Street's the only one that has a kitchen. Yeah. But it's full, full menu and such. Yeah. And what else do you guys have going on? Right now, obviously times are kind of weird, but during normal times, what do you guys put on at your tap rooms? Do you have music or anything like that that comes through? Any special events? 
if you um, if if it was a normal year, we'd have uh, one of the fun things we do in the fall is um, we have a we have um, a car smashing event uh, to to get ready for homecoming. You know, going kind of old school. So we get a car donated, and uh, we then raise money through uh, charging for for hits. And um, this is something that's kind of a good combination of the athletics and of camaraderie and of, you know, just embracing the fact that we live in a college town. And uh, those are the kinds of things that happen at, at the, uh, at the Warner location that I kind of, I feel like stick with people in their memories for forever when they think of their college career. Um, we do have, you know, typically, um, invite people in from the university for events. Uh, we'll have like, you know, a university student come down and DJ, um, that kind of stuff. But that's, that's all on Justin, you know, making sure that it works for our older crowd as well as our younger crowd. I think that Justin could talk a little bit more about that than I could. I mean, last, like, if we, if we, obviously, the world's crazy right now, right? I mean, we can't do certain things. We can't do certain things. Last summer, we had, like, Chris Ross, Chris Ross in the North come up and play out in our patio area, back before it was the beer garden we have now. Brought in hundreds of people to come watch a concert outside. It's pretty cool. But we during the school year, we did, like, basically any holiday. Halloween, we had a Halloween party, you know, twice a month. You know, we had different events that we bring in the college students. We started an event at like 6.30 at night, 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night, bring people in and, uh, you know, DJ, some sort of theme. We partner with some local businesses like Tip Whip, which is a, basically Uber for college students. You know, they came in, gave free rides out for the night so you can come in, have a good couple of drinks, hang out, party, go to the next, go next place or whatever. But uh, we try to do something for everybody, and there's different things. We partner with the University of Maine. Uh, athletics so when a football game's happening we have it on the tv we have one or two tvs in there we're not a sports bar but we have a couple of tvs that you can watch a game so if you don't go to the actual football game or if they're away you can come in and watch the game um we don't know what the fall looks like right now but like you know we're hoping to do something it's just we try different things and and it's really a cool thing about orno is that there's all age groups that are welcome to come to orno brewing company we have family night and we have you know college nights and we have Saturday afternoons where grandparents come in. So it's pretty cool. We have all ages and we're able to, you know, accommodate all of it. So it's pretty cool. And this fall we'll be able to just create a, uh, a safe place where, where, where everybody's welcome, you know, and where obviously the event thing is going to be totally different and not happening, but it'll be a safe, enjoyable spot for all ages to hang out. Um, we do have a beer coming out pretty soon with phonics who is a hip hop producer who went to UMaine and has had a huge influence on the music scene. Um, that beer we're so excited about uh, bringing out in late August. Um, typically we do a huge, huge event with it, but um, we'll just have it be something where we send out a ton of that beer throughout Maine and um, have, have people celebrate what's happening with, you know, with the music scene and the beer scene together. But um, phonics is uh, is awesome. It's one of those things where um, my wife and I were able to pick that we both love, and um, phonics is that producer for us. Um, 
So check 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 him out if you haven't. Um, Spotify uh, to shuffle the phonics station, fantastic. And also check out a documentary on Netflix called Underdogs, which features him and his uh, label and and the people the artists he works with. So we have a beer that um, called Golden Era, <laughs> and um, his favorite hop is Citra. So we did a remix on the Citra hop using three different forms of Citra. And uh, one is incognito, one is the classic like Citra pellets, and then one is cryo Citra. So we're thinking that this is going to be a whole rework and, uh, and a, a way to kind of combine that um, skill with, with, um, with artistry that you see in music kind of try to bring it over to the to the beer side or see or see how they play together. So look for that one. That's coming out late August. Which, which is pretty cool because one of the things that I will say that I love about wearing, working at Orner Brewing Company is that, I mean, I'm the designer for all of our cans, but like we are able to bring in, Phonics also does graphic design. So like Phonics actually did this can for us. I just made it fit into our, our template, but Phonics is the one that actually designed the label when it comes out too. So in back in January, we did a can with um, our, I would call him our house painter. Uh, Marty Reynolds is the guy who painted our wall at our tasting room in Orono. Uh, it's a beautiful mural on the wall and so on. He painted another one on the outside truck that we ended up taking a photo of, basically taking a photo of and putting it on a can. So I'm able to have this collaboration of not just beer collaborations, like physical liquid, but actually like can collaborations, which is pretty cool. So Phonics designed this can which will be on the shelf as well. So it's not just like one person doing this, which is pretty cool. This is the, uh, That's hard to see, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like spray paint and, you know, I did this one as like a rough kind of fun gratitude, which is all done on the iPad Pro as well. He also did that on the iPad Pro, which is pretty sweet too. So it's all digital graphics, which is pretty cool. Nice. And uh, so while we're here on the collabs, I'm drinking here. I got the Lion Hearted with the Arrows for ALS. You got the Black is Beautiful beer that obviously a lot of breweries are jumping on board with. Uh, I know you guys have them with your brew pub there at Woodman's, and I've seen other ones pop up with other breweries around. So what uh, kind of leads you to that collab culture? And I know Maine, the brewery scene is very intertwined and everyone likes to work with each other, but how do you guys go about getting hooked up with other breweries and other organizations to do these collaborations? It has to be an organic thing, you know, uh, somebody whose beer you love and people that you want to hang out with because it's fun to spend a day with them you know it's um it can't be forced and uh, it, when it happens it happens so that's basically our approach to it we like doing collabs but we you know, we don't like doing them all the time so it's easy to just make sure that it's 100 percent works for everybody you never want to force it and you never want to feel like it's you know kind of you want to be psyched about it Basically, we, we, we want when we do it, we want to be really stoked about what we're doing. So, yeah, it's about the people and about the beer, and or uh, or if it's not a brewery, it's about you know what makes you excited to work with that organization. You know, so uh, like for Black is Beautiful, we're working with Jamaica, who's a UMaine alum, and um, who's been a great leader in, in Black Lives Matter, and just you know. Uh, I reached out to her to say, like, we want to do this beer. Can we do it with you? And can you help us make sure we do the best we can with it? And 
that was awesome, you know, to, to be able to work with her and to have uh, some insight on uh, where the dollars can go in the Portland area that she felt like would make the most difference, which was XL Portland, um, going to, uh, which works with um, a lot of children of African immigrants in um, <coughs> basketball club. So, uh, something that we're super excited to to be able to have it like be something that has a direct impact on kids right here in Maine. Um, and then you know, like last winter, hanging out at Sugarloaf a, a bunch. You know, they totally redid their flagship bar, which is called Widowmaker. We were like, hey, we love what you're doing. You guys sell a ton of tubular. Can we do a beer to help celebrate this awesome work you've done to your flagship bar on the mountain? And uh, we were just so appreciative of the fact that their marketing team allowed us to work with them. It was one of my favorite places on earth. And um, so it was just, that's the kind of thing, like let's get really excited about it and let's do it right. Nice. Yeah, the partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. And um, I've learned a lot about ALS. I know that this beer is the lion hearted that we have. I believe it's um, ales for ALS, right? It's the, the tagline. Yeah, I, when I was in college, we did a lot with um, the Freddy's Foundation. So we um, were pretty involved in that. So it's a, it's a great cause and, and the beer is great too. So <laughs> it's, it was happy to try it. That's all really, there's a guy that loves the main beer industry who is, um, you know, going through ALS and I met, I, I hung out with him at an event in uh, Hollowell. And that beer came from that, you know, just hanging out with him and having him talk about his mission in life, which is to, to do what he can to help others that are going to deal with this disease. And he was just like, hey, if you guys, if you haven't heard of this, let me, let me tell you about it and let me uh, email you some information. And then a year later, we did it. And, um, that's how it works. And usually with collabs, it's pretty cool. Like Abe, Asa, Heather, a and Mark, any of the people who own it or run over in a company come up with the idea. And usually, you know, it's a good idea when everybody's like, heck yeah, let's do that. Like, this is cool. Like, let's go on it. There's never a time where someone's trying to convince someone else to do a collaboration. It's not like, Hey, this brewery came up to us. Let's talk about this. It's usually like, Oh my God, really? Let's do this a hundred percent. It's not, let's just, let's convince someone to try to get in on this ground level or whatever, but no, it's pretty cool. Whenever the collaboration comes around to do something cool with some sort of cool organization or brewery or whatever, it's pretty cool. And then, then it, like I said, on the design side, it helps me like talk to another brewery or another organization to figure out what we can do with it. It's pretty cool. So Justin, we hear that you have a podcast of your own. I do. What's, what's that all about? <laughs> I wanted to do it for like two or three years four years really honestly I registered a domain name and all that stuff but I never got around to it and so during COVID like a lot of people did was like we have all this extra time on our hands let's yeah. get do it and so I finally did it and so I try to go weekly I'm taking this week off I usually record Monday nights you know I guys got to come on your podcast so I decided to take tonight off now I got married on Saturday so I'm actually taking this week off from doing the podcast and next week off from doing the podcast and I'll be back at it next week. But oh, uh, yeah, it's pretty, thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, I'm actually going out to Sugarloaf next week uh, and uh, hanging out out there for a week. So I'll be excited about that on our honeymoon. We were supposed to go to Arizona, but 
that obviously is not happening. Um, but yeah, I just like to talk. I mean, you can probably see behind me, you guys, you know, that I have a uh, comic book stuff. A lot of it's nerd culture, comic book stuff. Cause I love comic books, but, uh, um, I talked to beer and all kinds of stuff. So I just like to talk and I got that from my mom. So I thought, why not record it and talk to some other people and if someone listens to it. Cool. If no one's listened to it, at least I enjoyed it. So that's what podcast should be all about, right? I'm with you there. Now, do you have uh, other guests in your podcast or is it all solo? Yeah. Is it new guests no. every week? Yeah, new, usually, right. I started off by doing guests every week and then I kind of twisted around to do guests every other week. And then my good buddy, who was actually officiant of my wedding, come on every other, the opposite weeks to talk just random stuff. And um, scheduling issues have been there, but we'll figure something out for season two, which will start in a couple weeks. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, I talked to, um, I don't know if you guys are, uh, Lady in the Triclamp, which is a um, good friend of ours, Jillian, she works at Oscar Blues. So I brought her on, my buddy Ben, um, who actually draws for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, he popped on and talked to us. I've talked to some tattoo artists. So it's really all over the board. Wherever my passion is, I talked to someone in that in that industry. I actually just emailed my old English teacher uh, from high school uh, to see if he wants to come on when we get back to doing this recording after my honeymoon um, and see if he wants to talk about going back to school uh, at Bangor High School this fall. So we'll see if he jumps on and It'd be fun. I don't know. I, you guys are probably used to it too. As now, it's like it's just fun to talk to people and, and know people's like <laughs> views on things. And I try to stay away from political stuff because they're so you know back and forth on it. And just talk about some fun, lighthearted stuff like beer and and alcohol and comics and pop culture. So it's fun. Yeah, so I've got to show you my uh, my comic book collection. It's not that huge, but it's like a box, and it's um, <laughs> early '80s. Like late 70s. I'll give you 10 bucks for it. Whatever they're worth <laughs> in there, I'm going to make the money on it. Oh, man. Funny you mentioned that. I got a banker's box right next to me full of old comic books. So I'm right there with you. For any of our listeners, too, who are interested, we will put the link to your podcast. Yeah, what's the name of the podcast? <laughs> it's Honestly, I came up with it years ago. It's just another podcast because it's just another podcast that's on the market. It's not. There you go. So. I'm sure you cut a lot of people off in that. Other people probably had that great idea too. So it's a good thing you got it early. Well, I honestly think there is another one out there. And when I was going to launch it, like back in March, again, like actually launch it, I was like, ah, maybe I should change it. But I have the URL. I already own it, justanotherpodcast.com. And I'm like, screw it. I definitely had it before anybody else had it. So I'm just going to go with it and keep running with it. If I have to change it down the road, I'll change it down the road. But I think, uh, I like it because it's my name's Justin, so it helps with that just part of it. But there's so many podcasts out there right now that just another podcast kind of fits it. And um, I'll do it for a while. And if it takes off, cool. It, you know, if not, then I had fun doing it. But it's all just for me and my pleasure, honestly. So <laughs> we'll definitely give it a listen. Um, when, when it comes to the beer, obviously, Bianca's down in Mass. I head to New Hampshire all the time. I'm here in Maine. Uh, where can people outside of the tap rooms find your beer? All over Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, New York, uh, untapped. You guys um, know that. Yep. That's not, so yeah, untapped. And then <laughs> through untapped, we're sending it to uh, Arizona. Tavor. Oh, sorry. Tavor is what I meant. <laughs> That's Heather, my business partner. Uh, 
So yeah, um, Devor is sending it to people you know, via mail order and then uh, through that same business, they figured out a way to get into uh, Arizona um, and soon Washington State, which would be nice. But we do most of our business uh, through distribution with uh, the Sheehan Family Corporation. And that's, you know, uh, really focus of, of what we're doing as far as distribution goes. So yeah, that's, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, New York, and um, we'll open up Massachusetts sometime in the next six months. Cool. We'll be waiting. We're so <laughs> yeah. we We've had a lot of people like, you, you know, there's definitely people who, and I lived in Massachusetts for 10 years, are like, so when are you coming into, like, they're driving to New Hampshire to get it now, Kittery, because they want it in Massachusetts, so. Yeah. <laughs> and Maine is so close to us, too, that I, Nick yes, always exactly. brings me new beers, and I'm like, well, I can't buy them now, so he introduces yep. me, and then I get hooked, and then I can't buy them. <laughs> and I know growing up in Boston, there's a lot of people that I went to school with that ended up coming up to school in Orono that are around my age, so they're going to be leaving there, you know, left there a couple of years ago, and they're going to need it, so get it down there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep, definitely sometime late fall, so. We can't wait. I feel like a dealer every time I go to visit, obviously not now, but every time I go to visit Massachusetts, I'm like, people are sending me money via Venmo and I'm like, finish filling my car up with beer. It's like <laughs> driving beer across the border. Like, here you go, guys. <laughs> I get your beer you. Whatever is necessary. <laughs> you got what that you, right. What, what are you guys seeing through your conversations with people? far as the, the beer scene right now. You guys, you continue to feel excited about it and feel like people are staying positive? I'm super excited. I mean, I have, um, since I moved up to Maine really and before, I was always a big Night Shift fan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Night Shift Brew and growing up down in Boston um, and moving up here and kind of getting into the craft beer scene here. There's just so much to uncover. There's so many breweries and right here in Westbrook, we got two or three down the street from me. So you know, just explore and trying things out. I, people are still coming out with new good stuff. Whenever I see good releases pop up on Instagram, I'm always rushing out to buy it and try it and heading to taste rooms. And uh, whenever I go anywhere, you know, I'm now a craft beer geek. So I always try to find the best brewery around. So when I go over to Winnipesaukee or anything, it's like Twin Barns. When, anywhere I go, oh, what breweries around here? Where can I stop? So I'm always keeping an eye out. I'm definitely excited. I'm sure Bianca feels the same way. Yeah, we have a lot, actually, surprisingly enough, we have quite a few in Ipswich and around Ipswich um, here in Mass. So, I mean, Mass is, is a lot like Maine, um, but the people we've talked to from, I would say, a business perspective have all seemed like they have such a great customer base that they're still ordering, they're still drinking, they're finding it where they can. And I think that that just shows you, you know, who the community is that that is supporting you. And, and it's it's so significant in the craft beer industry. I don't think you necessarily get that in any other industry. Uh, maybe some, but when it comes to beer, it's like you guys have such a loyal following. People really care about you. They care about the owners. They care about the mission. So, uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of very positive feedback from all the people we've talked to. And then, you know, customers, too, like people commenting on our stuff and talking to us and just people we've talked to. So uh, not ourselves included, but we're definitely in that group. So. <laughs> I think that's all part of like every brewery's got to remember to stay super humble and appreciate all that support because uh, that is what allows us to stay in business. And, um, 
So we're really appreciative. We're, we're able to brew to capacity right now, which we had no idea, you know, when this first started happening in March, what things were going to look like for us. So we so appreciate the support of the people that are drinking craft beer and drinking our beer. And uh, it's been awesome. Absolutely. And we're hoping to get up and, and visit you, especially when all this kind of quiets down. Um, we loved having you on. It was so great meeting both of you and you have such unique backgrounds that I think it's going to be an interesting one for all of our listeners. Um, for those who aren't familiar with you now, can you tell us where they can find you on social media and on, their, on your website? Absolutely. So, um, Justin, you run the website, ornobrewing.com, right? It's ornobrewing.com. It's at ornobrewing company on Gmail or on uh, Instagram, I believe. You can find us on Facebook. Instagram is where you should go. Abe here um, takes pride. That's how I'm going to put it. It takes pride in taking photos. So it's great to see that owners are involved in companies. Um, I will tell you right now. Oh, my microphone just died. Hold oh, on. Here you good. Can you hear me? Good. Yep. We can hear you great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me? Yep. Yes. We can hear you. I don't know if he can hear us. I can hear you. There you go. There we go. That goes right 12% when we started. I thought I could make it. Um, so close. But Abe takes pride in taking those photos. If you look at our Instagram, it's 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 Abe's photos mostly. Uh, and it, he does a good job. So, so Instagram is where to find us. But Facebook's good. Uh, you can look at all of our information on arnoldbrewing.com. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I loved having you on tonight. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.